0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We've been talking about the journey of faith and last, last Sunday morning I talked about the fight of faith. And got, if we want to live the f- faith journey, there's a fight sometimes because fear tries to rob you. Other stuff will try and um, steal your faith, but you've got to sometimes fight for it. The week before, Mary Lynn spoke on the rest of faith. Sounds a bit of a difference. One day you rest, resting, next day you're fighting. But that's a bit like life, isn't it? One day you're just enjoying the blessings, next minute you've got to fight for breakthrough, animation. and that's how we go. This morning we shared on faith works by love. And so it's not just how much power you've got in your life or how intelligent you are or how many friends you've got on social media, how popular you are. It's about faith working by love. Tonight I want to pick up another theme, and faith perseveres until there's breakthrough faith never gives up so often we give up so quickly we, we just have a few challenges a couple of people say oh that doesn't look cool so we just give up on that idea we just don't persevere in this generation I believe God wants to put some stamina and some strength and some perseverance in our lives Hebrews ten thirty five says so don't lose your bold courageous faith in other words You can. Don't lose it means you possibly can. And probably all of us at times have had times where we think, well, I've lost my faith. Lord, I just can't keep believing for that breakthrough. So it says, Don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will and then receive the promise in full. For soon and very soon, the one who is appearing will come without delay." And he also says, My righteous ones will live from my faith. For if he holds them back, my soul is not content with them. But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We're among those who have faith and experience true life. Wow, so faith in Jesus brings about true life. There's lots of things that we can try and experience in life. A lot of adrenaline rushes and things we want to do in the journey of life. People are looking for escapes. And so the Bible says true life comes from having faith in Jesus. Let's go back over to the next verse. So Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Then the next verse in the Bible is Hebrews 11, 1, which says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. It says there that faith empowers us to see. When you get to know Jesus, all of a sudden you start to see things you never saw before. You see the good in people. You see spiritual reality that you've never understood before. You start to see the possibilities of faith. You start to see the dreams and the visions that God starts to give you, what your life can be, and that wasn't there before. But when you start to see by faith, all of a sudden the horizon lifts. It's like you've got a a dull, foggy, cloudy day, and then the wind comes and all of a sudden you can see for kilometres. I remember years ago I climbed up uh, one of the uh, Glasshouse Mountains. Anyone ever climbed those Glasshouse Mountains? Yeah, I was hanging out with a few crazy guys and we went up Crookneck one day when I was about 20 and it was a really tough climb. And we just about slipped off the mountain a couple of times and I was shaking like a leaf and I was pretty adventurous. Finally get back down, there's a big sign, do not climb this mountain without ropes and all the climbing gear. <laughs> those, didn't, those guys didn't tell me that we were supposed to have ropes to do that climb. That climb, I was the most scared I've ever been in my life, except for the time we were smuggling Bibles into Vietnam. We got caught at the airport. That's another story. But we climbed this mountain. And when you get up the top, there's just fog and cloud. You can't see anything. And then all of a sudden it lifted and you could see for about 50 kilometers because you could just see the horizon and faith's a bit like that when you start to connect with God and start to believe the possibilities of what he can do through your life all of a sudden the horizon lifts and you might have had some ideas of what you could do with your life and and with your skills and your work and your ministry and then when faith kicks in all of a sudden it just lifts we limit God but God doesn't limit us we're the ones who limit what we think we can do. But he's got such amazing horizons for us. Thank God I survived that climb. Coming down's always harder looking up. But when you're coming down, you are got to look down where your foot's going. You know, and then there's a 100-meter drop down below you. Really scary stuff. I won't do that again without ropes. I think you're not allowed to go on some of them now. They've closed some of them off unless you... Uh, have ropes and all the, all the gear. But it says, when faith comes, you start to see with new eyes. You start to see the possibilities in other people around you. Instead of just seeing the negative and the, the lack and the things that frustrate you, you start to see and think, wow, if you really got running for Jesus, this is what you could become. So parents, they start to see those possibilities in their kids. We start to see it in our friends. But the most amazing is you start to see it in yourself. Because faith will lift your eyes from inside up to there. And then he will start to look at you and start to release you from the fear and the limitations, the anxiety, the stresses, all those excuses that we all have in our lives. But faith causes you to see with new eyes. And I've had incredible experiences where God has opened my eyes to see not just the natural but the supernatural. Because we can stay with the natural and that can be an amazing adventure. But when you start to step into the supernatural by the Holy Spirit, everything shifts and changes. And you can never be the same. When you experience a breakthrough or a miracle, you can never go back to the same size you were. It's like when you blow up a balloon. You got a balloon for a birthday party. Sometimes you end up being the balloon blower for all the party balloons, you know, and by the end of the night, you're just about exhausted from blowing up a whole pile of balloons but when those balloons come down if they don't burst when the air comes out of that balloon when a miracle happens in your life or with a close family member or friend you can never go back to the same level of faith because you just don't fit back in there and God says he wants to stretch us as a church he wants us to believe for greater things and the impossible and I want to encourage you that with God all things are possible to him that believes so it's faith You can't limit what God wants to do. He's saying, I want you to see with the eye of faith. When you've been through pain and brokenness, when you've been through disappointment and addictions and strongholds, you'll start to see sometimes yourself bound and you can't break free. You start to see yourself with limitations. But when faith kicks in, those walls start to expand the ceilings start to rise. See greater than what you've been feeling. See greater than what you've been thinking is possible because with God, He takes you to another another level. And I believe that God wants to stir our faith to uh, see that come to pass. But the key is you've got to persevere because you can have a great experience in a meeting. I've had some amazing prophecies over my life, some incredible experiences but a few weeks later, if you're not careful, you, you'll try and go back to the same size. But you'll, never be, you'll be a bit more frustrated now because you'll never quite fit to where you were. It's like wearing clothes that are just two sizes too big or too small. I'm not sure which is the worst. <laughs> For some of us, too small is the worst. <laughs> and you just don't fit anymore. And when you have an experience with God or you start to grow in faith, you can never quite fit back where you were. And God wants to stir us, not to settle for where we've been. Verse 6 says, Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. God's calling us to seek Him. It was awesome yesterday. We had the National Day of Prayer. We probably had at least 80 different people came through here yesterday for an hour or more. It was just so exciting and different pastors and leaders praying. We had one pastor come from which I thought was a conservative church and he just blew us all away. He was more Pentecostal than we were. I went up to others and said where did you come from? (laughs) He had a really conservative church background but a few years ago he got powerfully full of the Spirit. He's He's helping pastor a church in our region that's really conservative, but he's full on Pentecost. I thought, that church can't stay the same. I was, just that, I was just blown away. I think, God, you're amazing. God is stretching and empowering our community to, to grow in faith. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So the, uh, one of the original uh, translations says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But when they look at the original language, it's actually your continuing persistent faith is what is overcoming the world. Not just a moment when you need a healing or a breakthrough, and yes, we've got it, but it's a consistent, persistent, continuing, growing faith is what overcomes the world. It's when you don't give up. You're not up and down all the time, but you start say, I'm going to be 100% for you. The day I gave my heart to Jesus, because I was brought up in a Christian home, I knew what was expected. So my earliest memories was a Sunday nights in church, lying under a wooden pew, the name of I don't know where those pews came from, but they were so uncomfortable. Thank God we got better seats. I remember lying under the pews, and some of my earliest memories as a probably a four-year-old, I don't know how old I was, was people getting supernaturally healed in a little country church I was raised in. I remember in my mind, and it was like God says, don't settle for anything less than that. He stamped something in my soul. I remember my mum and the family, she'd get around the piano and just thump that thing, and we'd sing for hours, we used to sing all the songs and just praise God. Once or twice a week, she'd just get on that thing. She could play well. And she'd just stomp at a wing and sing and sing. That's probably where I got my big voice from. Because we just used to, because if you didn't sing loud, you couldn't be heard. Because everyone else was singing flat out, you know. And and I remember it just formed something in my heart that I just wanted to worship Jesus. Even before I gave my heart to Jesus, I loved to sing and sing about God because I'd been raised with that. Now, some of you haven't had that experience, but you've come into an atmosphere like this. So there's no excuse now you can keep on growing in your faith. You can keep on expanding in your dimension of the kingdom of God and his presence and power. Because don't settle for where you are. God's calling us to grow. I remember my mum was the maidens. We had to pump, you know, pedal one. And you had to play, and, and I remember it was fun if we had one of those old hymns that had seven verses. First three verses were really fast. By the seventh verse, we were singing at about a quarter of the speed because mum's legs were worn out. <laughs> and us kids be trying to, and we'd be getting elbows in the ribs for stopping laughing at the, <laughs> Because she was wearing our puff from the, the old pump organ we <laughs> and had to do it. <laughs> but it gave me a hunger for the presence of Jesus. You know, and I want to encourage you. Listen to Christian music. Look, fill your life with a faith, because faith is what changes our world. I want to encourage you. Don't settle for less. And all of you would have different stories to share. You will never discover what it is to overcome if you don't have anything to overcome. Sometimes we want to avoid our problems, as Joe was sharing. When you have challenges, it will force you to grow. You either run and hide, or you step up and say, "God, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to learn." And some of the challenges that some of you are facing, you think, if only I didn't have this issue in my life. If only I'd had a better family, had lots of money. If only I had more intelligence or brains or creativity or whatever. And we've all got excuses and reasons why we compare ourselves. But I want to stir your heart to know that what God's put within you, he wants to grow it. He wants it to expand. He wants it to increase. And the very challenge you've got will be the thing that makes you strong those guys who go to the gym regularly and you want to build up some muscles to impress the girls or do whatever, get fit, you know that if you want to increase your muscles, you've got to have resistance. You've got to be lifting something that's challenging your weight capacity and so resistance. So in life, when challenges come, we, I don't, none of us like challenges or difficulties, but sometimes the very thing of pressing against them and praying through and re- refusing to give in or give up, that's the very thing that grows your faith and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. We want to run away because we want convenient, comfortable Christianity. God says, I want you to have mature faith. And to get mature faith, you've got to press against those things, those limitations, those excuses, those fears that try to lock us down. They're the very things that are going to grow you and strengthen you. and we will need to press in. Not give up. Overcome with continuing, persistent faith in Jesus Christ. God's promise of a son to Abraham was an amazing thing. He was 75 years old. God gave him a vision, says, "You're going to become the Father of many nations." He didn't have any kids. He was already 75. Bible calls him the Father of faith. Why? For the next 24 years, he kept believing. Now he's 99, old, decrepit, worn-out man. Sarah was 90, and the promise was still there that they were going to become father and mother of many kids. That was that was a great challenge. You think you've got a challenge, mate? That's that's out there. That's that to believe for God to do a miracle there. That's out there. But they refused to give up. He had to believe that God's promise of a son was still coming to pass after 25 years. As time goes by, our hearts can sometimes become impatient. We think God's forgotten us. When you're a teenager, three weeks later, you think, well, God's forgotten me. When you get older, it's a year or two. And then when you get older, you think, no, it's still not coming. You can't give up. We think there was more chance of it happening last year than this year, but this isn't so. God's word comes to pass regardless of circumstance and the length of time that it takes. And that's what God wants to put some persistence and stamina to our faith. Don't give up. Don't be a microwave Christian. Push it in and two minutes later you got your hot food. So as we press the button... Like Joe said, we put the offering in, we hope that God's going to provide for all our needs. There's a journey of trust and faith that we've got to learn to walk with and persevere for days, weeks, months, years, sometimes decades, and that's when you see the outcome, the overflow. Marilyn and I are seeing promises fulfilled now that were given to us 35 years ago. But we just refuse to give up. We're just crazy enough to say, we're going to keep trusting you, Lord. Doesn't mean we haven't had some trials and doubts and times within we think, God, how on earth are you going to do this? But inside we said, God, we still trust you because you are the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Wow. We need to look at some of these scriptures. In the Amplified it says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess And our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Have a look at that again. Let us seize and hold tightly, without wavering, the hope we cherish and confess, and our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Wow, God doesn't hold things away from us to entice it'll get us frustrated he draws us to get strong in our faith he wants us to trust him to grow strong and to mature and some of the visions and dreams that some of you have had don't give up on them and say oh it's too late now it's gone God has ways there have been times when God's given us visions and dreams in the previous church we were pastoring and God led us to fulfill a whole lot of it and then one day he came and says I want you to hand the bat to someone else and they will fulfill the rest that was a real challenge because we thought we were going to be there and fulfill it all. But God said, no, you've done your part. You prepared the foundation. Hundreds of people have come to Christ. Now it's time to hand over to someone else and they will do the next season of it. That took us a little while to get our head and heart around. But we said, okay, Lord, if that's your preferred way, that's how it goes. So sometimes God will start something through you and then he'll multiply it and continue it through teams or other people. That doesn't mean you failed. It means you've been faithful to do your part of the relay and when, if you ever run a relay with four people running that relay, if you win, everyone wins, not just the guy who gets across the line. You all go and get them the gold medal. And that's how it is in the journey of faith. Some of you as parents, you've passed on uh, things to others. You, you've passed on faith to friends, and they've gone and followed Jesus. Guess what? You all win the reward because you all ran the race. And that's the power of team. That's the power of what we do in church here, so that we train and, and raise up and disciple teams for his kingdom Mary Lynn shared this verse this morning but it's a great one Galatians 6:9 in the amplified says and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right for in due time appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Fainting is not much fun is it I've fainted a few times because I hate needles I'm allergic to needles I didn't know that, but I've been picked up off a few hospital and surgery floors after i fainted, and uh, yeah, so I'm allergic to needles, I faint, it's a terrible feeling because you get up and you think, where am I? And I've shared this story before, but one of my worst stories is I was visiting a young couple in hospital when I was the past my assistant pastor team, we drove down to Brisbane, visited this guy who had had brain surgery, and so... He's recovering and we're sitting in the room and he's telling us the whole story. And Mary Lynn, her mum and sisters were nurses. So she was asking all these questions and I'm getting a little bit queasy. (laughs) It was hot as. The guy beside was grasping his last breath before he died and it was not the most encouraging scene. It was hot as in the Royal Brisbane Hospital. I'm getting queasy. I thought, I've got to go out and get some fresh air. Otherwise, I'm going to faint. So I got up and walked out, and that's the last thing I remember for a couple of hours. I fainted in the hallway, landed on my chin and on my knee, knocked myself out totally. I recovered about two hours later. In my mouth, I'm spitting out bits of teeth, and I was really in a mess. And I remember they couldn't bring me around. They didn't know what happened. I, I was totally out. They eventually worked out that Mary Lynn belonged to me, and she She said, is that your fella over there? And here I am lying out, totally wiped out. So anyway, thankfully my jaw wasn't broken, but I did lose a tooth and lots of other stuff and and they they wouldn't x-ray me because I was scared I was going to sue them. I'm thinking, what am I going to sue them for? I'm the one who fainted. I hate needles, so I had seven needles in my jaw while they stitched me up with seven stitches and I'm holding on. I wish I was still out when they were doing that. So fainting's not much fun for me. So when I see the word faint in the Bible, it says, no way, I'm not going to faint. So I'm not going to faint in my faith because that brings up all sorts of terrible pictures and memories in me. Yeah, it's true. That's not exaggerated one bit. We didn't have any assisted pastors. I had to preach the next two Sundays and I could not open my jaw much more than that. I laugh, I couldn't sing, but I still preached with very, almost a broken jaw for two weeks. Guys thought, I'm not going to give up. See, I refuse to give up. I'm just one of those guys who will not give up. And, and some of us give up too easy. We faint and we give up when there's a little bit of pressure. When some of our friends laugh at our Christian faith, they think, oh, well, we'll just take the easy road. We'll just be a secret disciple. There's no, you can't be a secret disciple of Jesus. Because his life will come out of you and they say, you're different, aren't you? It would be like Peter with the servant says, you're one of those with Jesus. And he had to deny it because they couldn't hide it. So don't try and hide your faith. Just live it out. Don't be afraid of people. Be wise. Don't be foolish. But I want to encourage you, don't faint. And don't go through what I've done. How do we get onto that story? I don't know. Galatians 6.9. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Hallelujah. Keep sowing good seeds. Keep praying those prayers. Keep sowing those messages of life. Wherever you go, live a life of faith. Be generous. Keep on honoring Jesus and you see what He'll do. It's the people who give up who missed out on most of the rewards. And we've all probably given up at times. And maybe there's a few people here tonight, you've been thinking this week, this is just too hard. I'm going to give up on this believing for a breakthrough in, to overcome my addiction. I'm just going to play it safe from now on because every time I step up, my head gets knocked off by people who don't want to believe in Jesus. Hey, God says, don't give up. Don't pull back. Keep stepping up. This is where many give up because the prayer of promise hasn't been answered in their time frame and they let go of their faith and trust in the Lord. Don't lose your dream or your vision. Don't give up. Romans 4.18 talks about Abraham. It says, Abraham against all odds, when it looked hopeless, affected God to fulfill it. He took God his word and as a result he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. And he was the father of the Jewish nation. And there's millions of them all over the world. In spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. Wow, wow, wow. Some of us have, you, you've got impossible or challenging situations. There's been grief and loss and pain. There's been setbacks and it's taken three times as long to get to where you were hoping to in life, but you're still standing, you're still breathing, you're still trusting Jesus. He keeps account of it all. And sometimes it runs so fast you can't keep up. There have been seasons in my life where I'm thinking, God, God, I can hardly keep up. I go on missions trips and you preach three times a day and you, you just do an amazing thing. You go home and you think, God, how did I do that? He said, well, you prayed for God to use you, and that's what he's doing. Some people get annoyed. They ask for God to use them. Then someone takes advantage of them. And they get used, and they say, God, this is not fair. I've been used. He said, well, that's what you prayed for. Just be careful what you pray for. <laughs> he wants to flow through your lives, but sometimes it doesn't quite work out the way you think. But he will turn it for good, and there will be reward. What about Noah? Noah's faith was tested. It took him 120 years to build that ark. You say, boy, you must have been a slack guy. He must have only done an hour every week. Hey, they had no tools back then. They had to go and find the trees and somehow get them all there and build this amazing... No one had built a boat before because it had never rained. Let's be a bit easy on this guy. 120 years and God had promised it's going to rain. Never rained for 120 years. He's building this boat. The neighbor's saying, what's that going up in your backyard? No, that's, that's the ark. That's the boat that's going to save the world and our family because it's going to rain, they're saying. There's no rain coming. 120 years of ridicule. Did he fail? No, he succeeded. Only seven people got on the ark. Eight people got on the ark. Him and his wife and his three sons and their three wives. And that saved the human race. Did he fail as a preacher? Well, not many people believed his message. He could have gone home after a couple of years saying, God, they're not listening to me. I've been preaching for 25. I've been preaching for 75. I've been preaching for 95. 115 years and there's still only eight of us that believe the message. Wow. You think you've had a tough time trying to win people to Jesus. (laughs) 120 years and he still only got his family into the ark. But from that family, all the nations of the earth came. See, so God counts things a bit different than we do Or to what he's called you. What about Gideon? His faith was tested when his army of 32,000 men against 120,000 was whittled down to 300 by the Lord, and he still ended the battle and won. That was a pretty tough call. What about Joshua's faith was tested when he was told to walk around the city of Jericho for seven days in silence. Then on the seventh day, they had to walk around seven times and then shout at the Lord, and then the walls came down. That would have been a test, hey? faithful test when he f- faced the Red Sea with three million people that is, have come out of Egypt, God told him to lift up his rod over the sea. He could have thought, what good would holding a stick up in the air over the water do about to get wiped out by the Egyptian army? But Moses did it by faith to God's command and God parted the waters of the might. Do what God tells you to do and don't give up and see what he'll bring to pass. That's faith. One more, Martha. Martha's face was tested when her brother Lazarus died. She had called for Jesus when her brother was very sick. Jesus did not come immediately but waited four days. How frustrating would that be? You pray, you know that Jesus can heal because she's seen him do it. He waits four days and Lazarus is dead by the time he comes. So she's a bit ticked off when he arrives. He's pretty angry, pretty upset you read the story in John 11 and when she was very upset she said if you'd come sooner her brother would not have died then Jesus didn't answer her anger or frustration he said do you have any faith what an interesting response Jesus gave to a woman who was grieving over her dead brother Jesus didn't go into the whole compassion and support He said Martha do you have any faith What a question. And God sometimes asks us in the middle of the challenges, do you still have any faith? Are you still trusting me? But God, everything's going wrong. As if he doesn't know. Sometimes we pray as if God doesn't know what's going on. I've heard some people pray, and I think I've prayed like it too. And It's like you're telling God what's going on because he doesn't know. (laughs) He doesn't mind hearing it because he wants to hear it from your heart, but he knows everything. I think, I won't speak that out because he doesn't know what's going on in my mind. Well, he does know. I'm amazed how we sometimes carry on. And God still loves us and he just smiles and shakes his head. And so he asked, Martha, do you have any faith? She said that she believed that a brother would rise in the resurrection. She had faith for the future and faith for the past. If he had been here four days ago, he wouldn't have died. But she didn't have much faith for the present. And that's a real test, hey? Some of us have got faith for the miracles that happened in the past, of how God blessed you. We've got faith that one day things are going to happen, but God says, what what faith do you have now? What faith have you got tonight? That's what he's asking. What faith do you have? The future we can all, you'll rise at the resurrection. But Martha didn't have much faith for the present. She had struggled and her faith had failed at this time of pain and loss. But that wasn't going to stop Jesus from acting. He spoke. Lazarus, come out. Thankfully, he said, Lazarus, come out. Otherwise, everybody in the graves would have come out. The whole cemetery would have emptied. Because when his word of authority says, come out, they all would have come out. So he said, Lazarus, come out. And he staggers out, all wrapped up in all his clothes. And I mean, they used to wrap it right away. He would have been just hopping out and who knows what. He would have been, couldn't see because it would be all around his whole body. He comes staggering out alive. They're all in shock. And Jesus says, unwrap his grave clothes. I think that's amazing. If Jesus raised someone from the dead, he could have at least torn off all the grave clothes as well. But he said, no, I will save people's lives, but then I'm going to use the body of Christ to help them come into freedom and wholeness. I'm going, to, I'm going to use you to unwrap some of their pain and fear. I'm going to use the people in your life group to pray with and support you in the journey of faith. Christ and mums and dads in the faith. I'm going to use pastors and leaders. I'm going to use counselors to help you come into freedom. Jesus does the miracle of transformation in our heart and then we work together to see people's minds renewed. We support one another through the times when we do stumble and faint and give up. But if you hang around long enough, we support one another and we help unwrap the grave clothes of people, even though it's smelly. Would have been a yucky job because they used to put all the embalming oils all over them and it would have been a yucky job. And I'm sure someone said, Geez, if you could hear, if you'd raised them from the dead, surely you could have just taken them off on the way out. But I'm amazed Jesus puts us in the family of God and uses your faith, your love, your tenacious faith, your support and wisdom and acceptance and love to help bring people into wholeness. How amazing is our Jesus? So for some of you tonight, your step of faith is to help unwrap the grave clothes off some other people. Just love them when they're struggling. I don't know if I can believe God for that. Just share your story. Say, well, I used to think that, but this is what God did and you've helped unwrap another grave clove off their mind because they've heard your story of trust. How amazing is that? I just love our Jesus. He didn't give up when their faith was gone don't let doubt and fear rob you of your faith don't get upset when God doesn't do it the way you think it should this is the time to build your faith to take hold of God and His promises the manifest presence of God will transform our lives worship team come on up in one minute I wanted to share a really brief story Some of you have read the story of in 1 Samuel 4. It's about the people of Israel. They were getting beaten by the Philistines, who are the enemy of God. And someone had the bright idea and says, hold on, we haven't been honoring God's presence in our midst. Let's go and get the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's praise and we feel His presence and power. They had a physical box that had the Ten Commandments in and other things. And that reminded them that God was in their midst. So they got the... They went and got the ark and brought it in the midst. This is going to help us win. It says that when they got the ark, when the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp, 1 1 Samuel 4, verse 5, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. They said, God's with us. Here in the uproar, the Philistine says... What's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the Ark of the Lord had come to the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come to the camp They said, Oh no, nothing like this has ever happened before. We're doomed. Wow. We don't understand the power of the presence of Jesus in our souls, in our lives. Sadly, they just wandered so far away from God, they didn't appreciate the value of it. It was stolen and they got it back about a year later because they didn't understand and value the presence of God properly. I love that. When they realized God was in their camp, they got up and they shouted so loud, it says the ground shook. And the enemy were probably several hills away, several valleys away, and they could hear this roar in the camp because they, that's why I love that song about praising. Hallelujah. Raise, Raise a song. Hallelujah. We need to sing that one, hey? Raise a song tonight stand together some of us need to raise a song in our spirits because your faith's been challenged some of us are really strong in faith but God says hey I want you to use your faith to help other people walk into freedom that's the message tonight don't give up on your faith thank you for joining us the Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.